Hello and welcome to Not Another Witch Podcast. Because does the world really need another witchcraft podcast? No, but we're going to do it anyway. I'm Vicky, aka the Aphrodisian Witch, and this is the first podcast episode that I'm recording after like a three-week sabbatical from the Aphrodisian Witch. I went to South Africa with my dear friend Toomey to go and visit them out there while they live out there. And it was designed, we kind of decided to do like a little witchy sabbatical and it worked. (laughs) I feel refreshed, I feel restored, I feel energized in my business, in my magical practice. And I'm super grateful for all of the experiences that this world has like thrown at me. So it feels kind of weird to be recording this podcast episode at the time of recording. I am not back on social media yet. And for some reason that feels really edgy, I guess, to come back because all of the the shifts that have been happening within my business, the shifts that have been happening within my practice, increasingly seem to struggle to be fit into like neat little reels and carousel posts. So there's definitely gonna be some stuff shifting about the business, I'm not going offline, don't worry. But I'm definitely changing the way that I'm gonna be approaching stuff, the way that I approach my business, the way that I approach my practice, in hopefully a more sustainable fashion. And kind of sustainability and consistency and practicality is kind of the theme of this episode. I'm going to be discussing my experiences moving through a second house perfection year, which is a Saturn year for me. So you might be sitting there being like, what the fuck is a perfection year? So for those who don't know, because I haven't actually talked all that much about astrology on the podcast yet, I am a professional astrologer. It is part of the work that I do at the Aphrodisian Witch. I've been doing this for a couple of years at this point, and I adore the amazing tools that astrology gives us and that it is in and of itself. Now, I'm sure looking at like the annual perfections could be a whole episode in and of itself, and it could possibly be a feature of a new project that I've got in the works, which you'll have to hang till the end of the episode to hear about. But essentially the annual perfections are a Hellenistic astrological timing technique. Hellenistic astrology is the astrology that was practiced in ancient Greece and around that sort of period. Obviously we consider that the Hellenistic pantheon, the Hellenistic area, the Hellenistic era, if you will. So Hellenistic astrology is quote unquote more traditional astrology. Now I don't exclusively practice Hellenistic astrology. I do use some tools from Hellenistic astrology, but on the whole, I probably am more aligned with being like a Western modern astrologer, which in itself is an amalgamation of loads of different astrological paths and practices and cultures and all that sort of stuff. So even that that label of being a Western, a modern Western astrologer, it doesn't really mean all that much because like a lot of Western spiritual stuff, Western, you know, ceremonial magic, Western astrology, it is a, a product of amalgamation, colonization, white supremacy, all of this stuff. So that is not lost on me. However, I was raised on modern astrology. Not literally. Unfortunately, I don't have like a cool astrologer family, but it is what I learned when I was just starting off this astrological path. And it's kind of what stuck. It's what I found is most supportive with my own practice, with my students. Got really off topic there talking about (laughs) 
<laughs> my own takes on Hellenistic astrology. So the annual perfections are probably one of the simpler astrological timing techniques. And it is something that I love to let my clients know, to let my students know, because it's a really fab way that gets you thinking about crafting deep intentional relationships with the planet that is ruling that perfection year. So if you can, obviously not if you're driving, <laughs> pause this and I want you to Google the annual perfections wheel. And what you'll find is this circle with all of these individual sections with different numbers going around. So essentially the way that the annual perfections is calculated is each individual house in your natal chart is given a year. So the first year that you come into the world, you are in your first house year. When you turn one, you move into your second house year. When you turn two, you move into your third house year. When you turn three, you move into your fourth house year. And you just literally, you can count around your houses. This does only kind of work well with whole sign houses, which is again, one of the oldest methods of house signification within astrology. Now, I might have some people listening to this being like, what the fuck is a house? <laughs> and while this is not gonna be an episode covering the complexities of the houses in astrology, if you are totally lost, the houses within astrology essentially are just the different parts of life. Within whole sign houses, by knowing someone's rising sign, you can calculate the rest of their houses. We all have 12 houses, regardless whether we have planets in them or not. So say, for example, for me, I am a Sagittarius rising. So Sagittarius will be in my first house. Now Capricorn always comes after Sagittarius. No matter whose nail chart you look at, it will always come after Sagittarius. So Capricorn is in my second house. Aquarius will always come after Capricorn. So Aquarius is in my third house. So just by knowing someone's rising sign and the zodiacal order that the signs kind of go in, you can figure out someone's houses using whole sign. If we're talking about the Placidus house system calculation, I, I, am not, I am not your astrologer for that. I use whole sign and I don't know whether it does. I don't think it works with, with Placidus. Someone might tell me actually it does, but I feel like it only kind of works with whole sign houses. So now that I've given you that very brief description of houses, perhaps this will be an episode in and of itself exploring the houses or on this secret project <laughs> that I'm teasing you again about. So that means if we look at this annual perfection wheel, we can see that at the exact same ages, we're all gonna be going through those same house years. The difference is obviously, depending on your rising sign, you, dear listener, your second house might be different from mine. It will be different from mine, unless you're a Sagittarius rising. So if you are, your second house is also in Capricorn. So when you enter a second house year, because you're entering a Capricorn year, Saturn rules Capricorn, Saturn will be your annual perfection ruler for that year. I'm pretty sure the actual Hellenistic term is like, your annual time lord, which I just think is so dramatic. And I kind of love that it's so dramatic. And Hellenistic astrology definitely loves the drama. So at the time of recording, I am coming to the end of my 25th year. In June, I will be turning 26. And when I turn 26, I'm gonna be moving into a third house year. When I turn 27, I'm gonna be moving into a fourth house year. And if you are also 25 turning 26, you will also be moving into a third house year. And for the past year, from when you turned 25 to when you turned 26, 
you will be in a second house year. Now the sign of that house might be different from mine. So I encourage you to have a look at what sign is in your second house. So if you're not sure what sign is in your second house, just look to what your rising sign is. And whatever the sign after that is in the zodiacal order will be the ruler of your second house. So say for example, if your second house was in Cancer, the moon would rule your second house. So when you're in a second house year, you would be in a moon year. If your second house was in Leo, Leo is ruled by the sun. So when you were in a second house perfection year, you would be in a sun year. And for me, my second house year has been ruled by Saturn. Oh, Saturn. <laughs> now, I find that astrologers are not scared of Saturn. People who are not astrologers are shit scared of Saturn. <laughs> and I think this is probably because of Saturn returns. And as the kind of general public is becoming a little bit more aware of astrology, you know, Mercury retrograde, eclipses, they're coming into kind of like the, <laughs> the social lexicon. Like people don't just look at me like I've got two heads when I talk about Mercury retrograde. Some people do, but it's not as uncommon as it would have been you know, when my parents were growing up, people would be like, what on earth do you want about Mercury's and retrograde? Astrology now is becoming A, more socially acceptable, but also it's becoming more of interest to the general public too, because people are noticing these energies. So because of the intense reputation that Saturn has, because of the Saturn return, which don't get me wrong, it is an intense transit, but I do think it's been greatly over-exaggerated. Uh, through kind of pop culture astrology, which is how a lot of people get into astrology, so I really cannot, like, bash it. However, there are a lot of, <laughs> a lot of astrology websites or service providers who just love, like, really clickbaity titles, you know? Which, I mean, it's like the Wild West out there in marketing and trying to get people's attention, so, like, you do whatever you can to make it work. So Saturn does have a little bit of a bad rap that is not lost on me. And even though as an astrologer, I'm like, I'm not scared of Saturn. There was also a little part of me that was like, but <laughs> that could fucking suck. And similarly, you know, my Saturn half return, because I haven't hit my Saturn return yet. My Saturn half return was really intense for me and saw me completely change as a person when I was like, say about... 14, 15, I had a load of mental health struggles. That's when my mental health stuff really started kicking off. I felt like I had changed a lot as a person in that period. So I was sort of like, okay, that's my big sort of Saturn energy that I was acutely aware of. What on earth is going into a perfection year that's ruled by Saturn? So Saturn is really gonna be the central character and the central planet and the central theme within this perfection year. I was kind of, kind of scared, especially because I have so much Gemini energy in my chart and I just like to be like floaty around and do lots of different things. And Saturn's like, no, you got to buckle down. You got to get serious about this. You have to plan it. It has to be structured. We've got goals to reach. Because this is my second house year, I really, you know, I was expecting lots of stuff around money, finances, because that's what the second house rules. Like our physical belongings our material stuff, what we kind of hold as materially important. I was expecting, you know, okay, Saturn, second house, I'm probably gonna, you know, the business might take off, which it has. 
You know, I was really envisioning, okay, I'm going to be called to get serious about my money and finances. And perhaps naively, I kind of imagined that Saturn's influence would solely only impact like second house stuff. So money, finances, all that sort of stuff. And actually Saturn has really (laughs) taken over my whole life. Not in a scary way. In some ways I've been very grateful for the maturity and the seriousness that this will give me. Especially considering that if we're going on the modern rulers of the planet, so Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, the next time I will enter a Saturn year or a second house year will be in 12 years time. So there's going to be a huge growth between now and then. And obviously the last time that I had Saturn, a Saturn year or a second house year, it was 12 years ago. There's a, that's a long time to grow. And I really feel like in this particular year, Saturn has been pushing me to get serious, not just about my finances, but just about a lot of stuff. Like I found that my responsibility level has been upped in this year in some good ways and some ways that I really did not expect. And it's so funny because this is the part that I'm like, I don't want to freak people out by telling them this because there might be someone being like, Yep, entering a Saturn year in like two weeks. And now I've listened to this episode and I'm properly freaked out. But I've had a lot of death this year. And not just in like the metaphysical sense, like actual death. My cat died. (laughs) My cat died at the beginning of the year, which was really unexpected and happened really quickly. I have had an old friend who I fell out of contact with for a couple of months like we were just kind of weren't talking because we were just not getting on and we always come back to each other and she died again like whoa and I think over this year I've really just been inundated with like you don't have much time we have such a short time in this world and if we think of Saturn it is the ruler of time and of the constraints of being human, the constraints of time. And I think that, you know, I really thought I was going to come away with like some big business plan that's going to like change the game. And like I said, don't get me wrong, Saturn has absolutely brought stability to my personal finances, to the business finances. I, you know, probably think about my money <laughs> from this year. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I set up like an automated savings thing that goes out every Saturday in dedication of Saturn. So there has been good stuff, you know, and I will talk about the good stuff in a minute. But, you know, if someone said to me, can you sum up, you know, your Saturn year, I would say death, as dramatic as that sounds. But also, yeah, I've become extremely aware of the short fucking time I've got here on Earth and the short time that I have to do the work that I've come here to do. Another theme that has come up probably in the last six months, so towards the end of my second house year, has been this deep feeling of like starting to lay the groundwork for those that come after me. And not even necessarily in like a blood descendant way, in the way of the witches a hundred years from now, how can I lay the foundation for them to be their most powerful, to be their most magical. How can I actually leave that mark on the occult world? Not even necessarily for my own stories of legacy and all that stuff. Although I'm sure there is that stuff, you know, deep down in me of wanting to be remembered. Like I just wanna, I wanna be very honest (laughs) about that. That like, I'm sure 
perhaps not in a conscious way, unless I really sit and think about it, there is some quote unquote selfish reasons for me being like, I need to start thinking about this, the groundwork that I'm laying, but consciously I just keep feeling this, this pressure, like this, you do not have time. And you know, I think a couple of years ago, that would have really freaked me out. I frequently have this, there's not enough time. There's not enough time to do this stuff. There's not enough time I have. And, And then you just spend your whole fucking life just worrying that you don't have enough time. And I would say, you know, coming to the end of this second house year, I feel almost supported in the knowledge of there's not all that much time. And it almost gives me like a, like a motivation to like start fucking doing shit because you don't know how long you've got. You don't. None of us do. I have felt constricted in this Saturn year, but not necessarily in a bad way. I have felt like I have noticed my boundaries. I've noticed where I end and others begin, where I end and my business begins, where my body ends and my like astral self begins. I have just become extremely aware of those boundaries, those restraints, those constrictions that we all just face just from the fucking human experience. Another theme of my Saturn year has been that I have definitely settled down a little bit more and rooted into place in my own practices, within my relationships, within my friendships, within my kind of physical dwellings as well. I've really started to think in the long term, which I previously have not been able to do without spiraling. (laughs) This Saturn year, this second house year has, and Capricorn year, has given me a fucking huge work ethic. Like, oh my God. And I've really been able to balance not burning myself out and honoring my own boundaries, honoring my own kind of inherent capacities, whilst also working super fucking hard and I do feel like you know it's literally almost like a month till my birthday at the time of recording and I I feel like I have a lot more knowledge of where I'm actually at in the world not even necessarily in the world but in like this particular point in in my family line in this particular point of the like occult culture if you will and it's not lost on me this year that There is a reason why I'm right here, right now, in this particular time, in this particular place, recording this fucking podcast episode, because this was not something that I planned to do. I actually have two other ones that I'm going to record in this, but as I set up my recording stuff, it's like, I've got to talk about Saturn. I've got to talk about my second house year. And another kind of weird thing in my second house year is that I have become a lot more aware of my joints. (laughs) And I've also felt old because of that. For those who don't know, I have like a collagen disorder called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. So essentially like my joints pop out of place a lot. And I would say in the past year, I've become very aware of things that I just thought were very normal in my body that perhaps are not normal. Like in the past year, I realized that when I stand up, I get like this big, massive pop in my knees. And it sounds like pulling like a Barbie's leg out of its socket. And I just always thought I had really clicky knees. And it turns out actually my knees have been subluxing like my whole life. And it's not painful at all. It just sounds really intense. And if anything, it's more painful if they're out of their joints. But like even just that and realizing the limitations of my 
bones, the limitations of my joints, of my body. That's also been a really prominent theme in the last year. And as I'm kind of, you know, coming to the finish line of this Saturn year, which it's been extremely transformational, extremely enlightening, would I be rushing to come back into a second house year or a Saturn year? No. I think if... (laughs) I don't want to shit on Saturn, I don't want to shit on Capricorn, because I'm sure there's people listening to this already freaked out about their, their Saturn year. I do feel like, oh, if I had, like, maybe my second house in, like, Libra or Taurus, nice little Venusian moment. Oh, that would be great. I love that. But I had to have Saturn. And I'm sure there are people listening like, uh, no, I've got fucking Libra. My fucking second house year wasn't any better. I guess maybe I'm just feeling a little bit, I don't want to say bitter. I don't feel bitter. I suppose I'm ready to move on. (laughs) I'm ready to move on. And as I move into like my third house year, I will be moving into an Aquarius here. So if we're going on like the modern planetary rulers, I'll be moving into a Uranus here. It's like the year of the weirdo, <laughs> which I'm excited about. Third house stuff when we be all Gemini, you know, third house all about communication, the way that we speak, our, the way that we express ourselves, our early learning, all that sort of stuff. I feel like that's what's going to come to the forefront in probably very weird and unusual ways. Obviously, I'm very focused online and very focused in tech. So Aquarius's associations with technology would make sense if this year was a heavy tech year. But also at the time of recording, I'm also stepping into an initiation with the Order of Bards, Ovates and Druids, which feels very third house stuff. And that is taking place online. So I can already see the third house stage being set. However... I'm also totally prepared for this third house year to be nothing like what I expect because my second house year wasn't anything like I expected. One thing that I do feel really good about is that Jupiter sits in my personal third house. So I do feel like maybe Jupiter might be coming into play here. So we'll see. And maybe if I remember this time next year, I will record a third house year annual episode. I think that would be a fun thing to do. I think it would be a fun thing to keep revisiting these things every year and just allow folks to see how I've been experiencing them as a professional astrologer. So if you're still listening and you're like, okay, cool, I want to learn about the annual perfections. What is this secret project? So essentially I'm, I'm opening a mystery school. <laughs> a mystery school for literally all of my teachings. It's going to evolve from Rosewitch Coven and be essentially a huge library, an online community that is ongoing where I can speak about astrology. I'm opening it up from not just pleasure-led witchcraft to my way of doing witchcraft. So if you, I don't like, I don't think I, did I drop the name? I don't think I dropped the name. I don't want to drop the name yet. (laughs) So I'm not going to drop the name, but it's going to be coming soon. And there is already a big vault of astrological teachings that I am slowly putting up there. And this is essentially going to be how I'm going to create a more sustainable and abundant way of teaching and mentoring. It also allows my work to be a little bit more accessible because it's kind of going to be a a rolling month by month thing. So hopefully it can mean that I can bring even more wonderful, magical people into into my world, into my sphere and support even more magical folks, even more magical misfits, even more magical souls. So if you're like, holy shit, this sounds fucking good. 
it will be. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Ah. So I, I'm, I'm asking you to keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears open. We're going to be dropping lots of hints, building up some hype, all that sort of fun stuff. And yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this little reflection episode. I hope I have not freaked you out about Saturn too much. And yeah, I will speak to you soon. Bye.